clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, thank you for rearranging your schedule. I know I threw things into the meat grinder because <laughs> I'm going to see wrestling on Wednesday. So thank you for working with me. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I'm going to see micro wrestling and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> Mike, micro wrestling? Yeah, they're all, they're little people and it's an entire wrestling federation. And we are back. Doc, as I said, I'm very grateful that you were willing to work around my schedule to go see wrestling. I know our millions and millions of fans know that I'm a huge wrestling fanatic. All different kinds of wrestling. I love luchador wrestling. I love regular classic wrestling. I love wrestling from the 80s. And of course, micro wrestling is actually a, a phenomenal wrestling federation. It is all little people promoted by little people, and they are rock stars. Some of the coolest wrestling doc you will ever see, because I want to make clear here that we were not making a joke. I'm very excited about coming to see micro wrestling out there in uh, good old Trenton, New Jersey. I wish you were here, doc. I wish you could come. I really do. I think you would enjoy it. I do. Okay. I believe you. So I are. will believe you. I've never been much for, uh, for wrestling. All right. That's not the, the rumor I heard. Huh? Hey now. Hey now. Hey. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't know enough people I know to know any rumors about me. Let's that's, be real. That's that's really that's fair. Fair, fair, fair point. Well, it is good to be back. It is good to see you as always. And I'm excited. We have somebody in the studio with us today. And uh, because today is one of those days that I love, you love, and all our millions of fans love, which of course is a could have been better sex story that we will dissect, mostly the doc. I'm just going to listen and more than likely be shocked. I'm not quite sure what the story is, but I'm excited to hear it. We have somebody here with us live in the room other than Greg. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is very exciting for us today. Right? It's a very big day. It's a very big day. But before we get started there, we, of course, have many announcements. So the announcements of the Amy book that is coming. I actually had somebody reach out to me uh, the other day and ask for when there could be a paperback, and it is coming. So be ready for that. And of course... So have... one quick question. Is it coming at a, on a signed date? Is that when it's coming? Yeah, on a date that will be assigned in Great. the future. Got it. Sweet. All right. Okay. Just making sure, making sure we're still at a loose date on that. There's a loose date. It's going to be before the end of the summer is what I'm feeling, is what I'm thinking. I'm feeling. <laughs> okay. That's what you have I'm... an estimation of a time estimation. That's exactly... <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. Correct. Fantastic. Okay. Great. I'm glad that we're Got clear. It. And of course, up until July 31st, folks, do not forget to go to podcastawards.com. Put in your old email. I'm somebody who likes to put in his fake email so that people can't harass me later and send me all those updates and all that crap. So go put in your fake email. Everyone's got one. Don't even try to pretend you don't. And then, uh, you know, go and vote for the University of Pleasure. The doc is chomping at the bit. She wants to be an award winner. Let's not let her down. Okay? For me, yep, it doesn't mean me. anything. But me. it's really all about the doc getting to that place and having an award. Okay. So then if we win one, then I, that means I get it? No. We've already talked. We're having shared custody. Okay? Oh, We're having okay. shared custody right. of the award. Got I will it. let you have it first because I think you're brilliant and I know how badly you want it and how much it would mean to you in your career. Me, it's like, meh, you know, when you've climbed as many mountains as me and you're on your way to being the most amazing life coach this world has ever seen, yeah. you really don't need awards or accolades. But I really want one, so please vote for us at the University of Pleasure. Anyway, so we're back. 
I would like to welcome in the studio somebody who was wonderful and brave enough to come to the University of Pleasure and tell us a could-have-been-better sex story. What is your name? Do you want to use your real name here? I don't want to put you on the spot, but, you know, you are in the studio and everybody's listening. Oh, you can absolutely use my name. I don't care. <laughs> All right. So this is Nicole, and she has graciously volunteered to come here and tell us a could-have-been-better sex story. And then, of course, we are going to break it down. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to Nicole and let her tell us her could-have-been-better sex story. Okay, um, so story happens probably about five years ago. Um, I was in college at the time, and I was having my fun. Oh, um, it's a college story, this Doc. It's a college story. <laughs> okay, college. that's how you know it's going to be. Could have been better. <laughs> Touche. Absolutely. Um, at the time, I had started um, sleeping with this uh, this gentleman man i don't think he was a gentleman actually so we'll uh okay, yeah. okay. Human, already he's not human. getting a good review what was that doc the human yeah. yeah yeah human um i had met him out one night at a bar he worked at the bar so i would go drink there get good deals and then go home with him at the end of the night we'd have a good time and so when you say good deals are we talking like I'm dollar talking, margarita night are we talking like i'm he talking me and my friends all got 50 percent off our tab at least <sighs> so like i mean a pretty a pretty wide-ranging deal really yeah. honestly a, a, i'd call that a ripple deal in right? a college town yeah, yeah ripple deal for sure town, college town and it was a nice bar it wasn't one of the like fraternity bars at all the Gross college kids were at. So you were saying you went to a classier place. I went to the classier joints. I okay. like to pick up the older men. Okay. I wasn't into the college guys. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but um, so me and this man um spend a couple nights together. We start getting familiar with each other, and we're having decent sex. Um, so when you say familiar, like learning the ways, yes. like figuring out, I'm just, you know, I want to break it down for the audience a little bit. But she said, she's saying like she was learning the signals, maybe communicating a little better. Is that what you were thinking too, Doc? I, I'm just listening, Jeremiah. I'm oh, going to cut sorry. you off there because I'm going to say there was not great communication <laughs> there. But things were getting pretty routine this one night. Um, oh, I'm going to cut in here and say I'm very small. I'm like, I'm like five feet tall on a good day. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and this man was, I'd give him a good six, three, six, four. Um, so there was a some size, size discrepancy. Yeah, absolutely. He was good foot and a half taller than me almost. So that will be important in a few minutes. So this one night we, uh, I went out, was drinking with a few of my friends. We were having a good time. End up at this guy's bar for last call which was standard procedure so that at the end of the night we could go home together and we do everything starts off normal and as we got into it there was a point where he was on top of me and we were in just a standard you know missionary and um my face ends up kind of buried in his chest well, I mean, based on the size discrepancy, yeah, I'm not really that he was, surprised. He was not very um, attentive to my height difference. So I, that would happen pretty frequently. I'd get, you know, some chest hairs caught in my teeth every once in a while. And it was a little nice know, to tap to come up for air. And um, <laughs> as uh, we're getting into it, and I can hear him start asking me questions about something i right. really you really just you weren't really, really you, you weren't quite sure i wasn't really sure because everything was muffled because i am consumed in this man's chest gotcha okay. um and so me being a brilliant 21 year old mm -hmm. who just really enjoys sex and doesn't want to disappoint anyone i just kind of go along with it and i give him the good yes yeah absolutely let's do it without really knowing what I just agreed to. Okay. Okay. So all of a sudden he's, you know, pulling out, we're repositioning and I'm 
gasping for air finally for the first time in a couple minutes and um are you really patient i gotta say like if i was smothering like i I, I mean like if i couldn't breathe like i i I gotta be honest doc i would probably be like hey you know this isn't my jam yeah um i mean some people are into that kind of thing Uh, all right hey listen i'm not gonna yuck anyone's yum that's a big thing here we if that's something you're down for and we actually in our last episode we talk about uh, the dangers, people who like dangerous mm-hmm. things like that. So okay. that's a good segue. Doc. You see how, look at that. That happened. <laughs> look at you. Look at that you. That happened organically. Organically. Yes. That's so good. Okay, so you came up for so air. So I come up for air, and um, this man starts rustling around in his bedside table. So now I'm really curious what I just agreed to. Yeah. Okay, okay. And instead of asking him, I just kind of let it happen. He opens a drawer and he pulls out this enormous jar of coconut oil. Coconut oil. Ooh, Here hang we on go. a second. Okay. And? I'm sitting there like, oh, God, what is that for? And uh, he opens the jar up. He, I flip over onto my stomach. Um, and he just takes his hand, he scoops up just a giant handful of the coconut oil and smears it on my backside and just kind of shoves it right in. Okay. Are we talk I mean, okay, so we talk okay, hang on, now hang on. I need I need a little more explanation here. Okay. Yes. Doc, do we need I think I think our audience needs a little Yeah, I'm so. I'm making some assumptions that you mean like anal penetration. Yes. Yep. Oh. Okay. That would be one thing to probably clarify. Jeremiah, what are your questions? I think I just answered it and of course I literally just went mm-hmm. ow wowie. Uh so mm-hmm. he just did that. So it was just here's a glob of coconut oil and then boom. Wow. Wow. Okay, and how 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 did how did that go? Um, well, clearly this is a could have been better sex story. <laughs> so that's kind of a dumb yeah. question. It's very rare this, I ask bad questions. This did not go well. I, at the time, being twenty one, and I wasn't good at communicating with people who I was, you know having relations with at the time, I guess. Look at you being so proper, having relations <sighs> yes, with I'm at the time. Trying. By the way, you can say whatever you want. Like, it's not going to offend myself or oh, the I'm, doc, the rock star sex I'm therapist going. of sex therapists. Um, so I'm bad at communication at the time. And I, I felt bad saying, you know what? I agreed to that a little prematurely without knowing what was going on. Let's take a step back and maybe not do it. So I just kind of let him go to Pound Town back there. What? For a couple minutes. Again, I'm going to bring up the size difference. Um, mm-hmm. He was not a small man. Are we talking penis size? Wasn't small either. Yeah, so he was, no, he was a well-endowed. Was he was very well-endowed. Wow. And he didn't prepare at all. Like, just the coconut oil and then straight in there. Wow, he sounds like, yeah. a, sounds like a real giver. Yeah. Um, after a couple minutes, I finally tapped out. I was like, all right, you know, you got, you got what you wanted there. And, uh, and I mean, that was about it. But the next day was great when I went home and I went to use the restroom. And I'm just going to say that my shit smelled like coconuts for about three days <laughs> afterwards. Uh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Which I guess that is, you know, uh, 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 a, maybe a plus, maybe not. Was, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> probably not. That was one of the probably the a only disturbing, good part. a disturbing <laughs> reminder. <laughs> Absolutely, it was definitely. Um, there had to have been pain benefits though. The next day when you went to go with potty. Absolutely, and... it was not comfortable. Yeah, I mean, all. somebody that would just do um, that and then you know. Yeah. Go as you said to Pound Town, and I really appreciate you just saying and going to Pound Town. Can we just rewind to that for a minute? That was amazing. But just the aspect of the painful nature to use the having to go to the bathroom the next day that might have smelled like coconuts, but it probably burned and was painful. Oh. Right? I mean, am I right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was not comfortable at all, and. Uh, Took you a little while to heal, maybe, or yeah, a couple of days, definitely a couple of days. Um, oof, yeah, I 
Um. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. I, I get the sense. I'm yeah. getting the feeling is one of those moments that you were like in life. You're like, let's just forget that. <laughs> let's just forget that ever happened. Absolutely. And then your body won't let you. Um, <laughs> quick, quick question. Did you two like connect about it at all afterward? Did you keep hanging out or um, what happened? We did. We actually continued to see each other for probably a couple of weeks or months after that. And then even a couple, a year or two later, um, we reconnected and we started hanging out again and sleeping together again. And the scenario did come up again where he pulled out the jar of coconut oil mid Coitus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Somewhere, See how I use that word, Doc? See how I use coitus? <laughs> Good job, Jeremiah. Good job. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. And I, I remember being much more aware of sure. the situation and saying, you know what? Not today, sir. Not mm-hmm. today. Um, but it was definitely not the greatest experience. I will say that after that, I did not have an anal experience for many, 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 many years up until very recently. Okay. Definitely right. a turn off to anal for me. I mean, I, I would think so. I mean, if something, if somebody did something like that and they really didn't communicate well, I mean, look, we're going to get, we're going to take a break here in a moment, mm-hmm. but you know, and then we're going to let the doc break it down. I mean, <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm going to do my best, but you know, if I may, just, can I comment mm-hmm. on that last part? Like that is such a, um, not an uncommon experience at all for, especially around anal for someone to say like my first time having anal was just so bad Mm -hmm. that I just didn't want and so painful Mm -hmm. that I just didn't want to reapproach it again for a really long time. And often have maybe really, I've heard a lot of really similar stories of like, and we'll get into ill prepping, Mm -hmm. surprise, (laughs) all sorts of things that then really make people sort of, you know, avoid it or just, not be interested for for years or really ever and it, for some point. It wasn't even my first experience with anal and not that I had great experiences beforehand, but I never had a I don't want to say traumatizing. It wasn't emotionally traumatizing, but physically that was a traumatizing <laughs> experience. God and, hell yeah. Um for yeah, for a good five years I'd say after that, I would not let anyone go near that zone. I can imagine. Listen, I, I, my wife, who has been stricken from ever listening to the podcast because of her. I, I, you need to take that strike off, Jeremiah. No, I can't. I, li- listen, I, you don't, I don't even want, she keeps talking about, she keeps saying it. She's even saying it in front of people. She's like, ah, prostate blank. And I'm like, what, what? Don't, I, it's stressing me out, doc. It's stressing me out. Okay. Then maybe you two should talk about it, Jeremiah, rather than you trying to get her to avoid learning more. I'm not trying to avoid her learning. Okay. I'm. I'm you are. I, you literally just told us that you're trying to keep her from learning more, so she will not be interested. Those are not the words perhaps, I used. Perhaps, perhaps it would be better to talk to her about your fears around prostate play and why maybe you're disinterested at this point in time. This episode is not about me. <laughs> <laughs> really. Then it's the first one, Jeremiah. <laughs> about to say. How dare you? How very dare you? I'm so upset I'm now. So We're going to have to take a, a break. Great setup. <laughs> well, everybody, we will be right back. And the doc is going to break it all down. So we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. Nicole graciously came here to the University of Pleasure and told us a story that um, made made me clench up a little bit <laughs> on many, many levels. I'm me not too. going to lie because I'm sorry. I mean, first of all, I just would like to apologize for all mankind that that happened because, uh, you know, it's a very uh, sensitive thing and the doc is going to talk more doctory things but i'm just going to say that uh, you know communication is key you know this is something and we've talked about this in the anal episode and as the doc knows i'm a bit of an anal sherpa not necessarily for myself as we've just made clear and i was not saying that she was not allowed to learn she could learn whatever she wants okay and i'm not 
just a, I get a little stressed about it. That, but anyway, the point is, <laughs> I understand, you know, and one of my biggest pet peeves in the world, the doc knows this, is that somebody would be in the bedroom with somebody, you know, whoever, you know, it might be, and that they wouldn't communicate before they did something that could possibly cause harm, possibly hurt somebody, or make them afraid of something in the future, or humiliate them in a way that, you know, you would make them not want to participate in certain things. And, and we always say here at the University of Pleasure, communication is key. You got to communicate. You don't just get a thing of coconut oil, which, by the way, I've never used. Okay, I've never used that. I've used much worse things. I've got, <laughs> and the doc, I think, knows that story too. But the point is that it is, uh, I, I'm, 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 I am disappointed in this gentleman greatly. And that, and I'm sorry that that happened genuinely because well, uh, that, that sucks. So, Doc, step in here, okay? Before I ruin well, everything, I, I we'll just try to fix it. To, to be fair, I was in his chest and he did say something. I did agree to it. And then this happened immediately after. So I can only assume that the thing that I had agreed to was... Do you mind if I smear coconut oil over your butthole and just slam it right in there? Wow. Yes. My 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 guess is it was more phrased like, "Are you into anal?" <laughs> I have, sure, we can I go have with a that suspicion. Yeah. <laughs> I have a suspicion that some of the, those details may have been uh, I wasn't there, but may have been avoided. Uh, you know, I think to like. Oh, it's, you know, Jeremiah always knows how far down a rabbit hole I can go, right? Like, as you're talking about this, I think I keep thinking about this idea of, like, just how how far better sex education can go, right? right? Just how far it could take all of us if we all got a little, little better sex ed and not just about the things that are dangerous or possibly STIs and pregnancy and body parts, but, like, literally you know, better sex education about pleasure and what feels good, but also how to make things feel better, right? Because I have a suspicion, and I don't know this gentleman, but it sounds like you two had a bit more of like an established kind of casual relationship where there was, at least it sounds like some element of trust-ish. I don't know, you tell me. the lines of that, yeah. Vague um, there, but... um, you know, to me, part of what you're describing is something that I would describe as like poor anal etiquette. Absolutely. Right? You know, where, and also probably poor education on his end in terms of how to make anal more pleasurable. Because most people that know that engage in anal on a regular basis, that you don't just shove a lar- large object in somebody's anus, mm-hmm. you ask questions about, how often do you do anal? Like, where do you feel like you're at? What would you need around doing that if you haven't done much, right? Because uh, as somebody, and I know, Jeremiah, you have lots of feels, and you I can feel it. you, you know itching, it. and you're try- not even I'm on the camera really right now. I'm trying really hard to just listen. I, I, I'm you're listening. You're doing so Thank good you. being quiet Thank right you. now. I'm just letting you um, do you. Right, but because, right, there is often you know, the anus and the rectum are not the same mm-hmm. <laughs> other parts of the body in terms of like elasticity and in terms of like, you know, like lots of people do like kind of, we've talked before on the show about like trainers and things that people might do. And to me, like, it seems I want to, I, I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you met this person and I didn't. My hope is, if I'm believing in humanity a little bit, my hope is that this is a person that had maybe some poor education around like what could make anal more pleasurable for a partner versus like he just really didn't give a shit. That's my hope. <sighs> but I don't know. You met this person. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I'm not sure he really gave a shit, but. Yeah. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Well, there may have been that part too, unfortunately, but you're also describing. So that, that would maybe be my, uh, my, what could have made it better? Uh, uh, step one, give a shit. That would be. (laughs) Just give a shit, please. Give a shit. Give a shit shit about not just you, but the person engaging sexually with you. That would probably be the first thing that I would say. But now Jeremiah, please talk about anal etiquette because I know you're just bursting. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, 
A uh, little known fact about me, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm often considered amongst uh, professional circles uh, as being an anal Sherpa. I think anal <laughs> play is joyous and can be wonderful, but that being said, there is a lot of etiquette that goes into it. Again, what this guy was doing, 100% wrong, in my humble opinion. Now, the doc, doc doesn't say like, you know... 100% wrong, 100% right kind of a thing. She's a doc, so she's always kind of in the gray, and all of our millions of fans know this, but your old pal Jeremiah just says it like he thinks it is. And you see how I put that in there? He thinks it is, doc. See how I did that? Good good job, Thank you. Thank Jeremiah. you very much. What are we talking okay, about? Okay, I'm getting Continue. there. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> Point is, etiquette, so what he did, I felt, was very was, was not okay. That is something that, first of all, you really can't hurt somebody. Let's just be very clear. You can actually, yep. truly hurt somebody. Absolutely. You can tear things. You can cause uh, severe pain for weeks uh, uh, to somebody if you are not taking into consideration. And like the doc said, giving a shit about the person that you are engaging in anal play with, right? So that that's number one. You can really hurt somebody. So you have to take that into consideration. Uh, two, it really begins with communication, not just like Hey, in the anal, and then as you said, you know, just pounding away. Like that's not that's not communication. Yeah. That's what I gathered from the story, if I may, Doc, was that he kind of was like, I'm down to do what I want to do. Are you cool with that? <laughs> like Yeah. I mean, I think another element too that's probably an important element to name, because we've talked about it in previous episodes, is like uh the presence of alcohol, mm -hmm. right? And just that. I think it makes it hard, like a, I, and you tell me, like, I think it would probably make some decision-making and clarity a little harder around like consent and like, you know, our processing speed goes down Yep. when we're inebriated. Yep. And we also tend to feel a little more like, whatever, <laughs> right? That's me. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it, you know, it, um, it takes down our inhibitions. That's part of why people like it. But at the same time, it takes down her inhibitions, meaning that like we all tend to then be sometimes more open to things that if we were sober, maybe we wouldn't be as open to, or at the same time, like less mindful. Like if I'm thinking of it from his end, also potentially just less mindful. And I think to like cues and stuff, because I would imagine, and you tell me that it may have, if he would have been paying attention, been clear that you weren't comfortable. Oh, definitely. definitely. Right. And those cues and that, so and that I think even, you know, obviously when you're aroused, like that also sort of like impacts your focus and attention. So you, we've talked about that before. I mean, it literally changes like brain chemistry. You have to pay attention mm -hmm. and that sometimes you're fighting with your own arousal, but then you layer alcohol on top of that as well. Right. And just missing cues. And again, hoping that if someone notices those cues that they would give a shit and stop doing what they're doing and check in with you, which it also sounds like did not happen, which is problematic. Right, right, exactly. And that was what I was going to say the next thing, checking in. So if you're going to go into doing anal play, that, you know, you, you build in slowly. You take the time. Get to a place of arousal. Get to a place where somebody feels comfortable. Somebody feels at ease. There is trust, communication back and forth. And that they know that they can pull the ripcord at any moment in time and say, I don't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel good. And I don't like it, Right. So there's that. But then there's also this aspect of, like the doc was saying, just just checking in. Like, how does it make you feel? How are you feeling? Are you okay? Are you hurt? Are you in pain? You know, um, other things to do then to add into pleasure. And there, and we've talked about this before, there are kits. Like, I recommend people who have never even attempted it to, like, buy an anal startup kit, man, because they are great. Like, building up, trying different things, things that vibrate, things that don't. So, you know... You can tell I'm very passionate about this, Doc. You can just, you can feel, I can, I mean, I'm radiating through the microphone my passion for anal play and respect and fun in doing so. So, you know, it's it's extremely important, all of those aspects. Vote for Jeremiah for president. Thank you very much. Back to the Doc. <laughs> um, thank you, Jeremiah. You're very your, your expertise, your self-prescribed expertise is much uh, appreciated. I um, wear my glasses for this episode, so I'm super smart. <laughs> um. I, Nicole, I'm curious, right? Because I, I think that it's like an incredibly relevant thing to talk about. Like you were talking a little bit about like kind of 
being curious in the moment and not like asking, mm-hmm. right? Do you have it like as, as older you looks back on younger you as we all <laughs> do with wonderful, beautifully accurate hindsight? Um, I guess what are some things that you tend to think about when you look back on kind of younger you in that situation? I just I wish I had, you know, a voice because I think I looked at every situation like, well, I'll try anything once and I still will. But I didn't know how to say, hold on, this doesn't make me completely comfortable. And I but I do want to try it. So can we start somewhere a little bit less intense? Yes. And, you know, and I but that also I don't feel like I knew at the time that that's how you approached anal play. So which goes back to what you were saying, Doc, about education. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also look at it and I don't this this man had been working that night. So I don't think he if he had one drink, maybe. So I was probably plenty more intoxicated than he was. Yeah. Um, And I just. uh, Yeah. Yeah, Probably some more global consent issues there as well. And I wish I just at the end of the day, the main thing is I look back and I think I agreed to something that I did not know what I was agreeing to. You know, like I didn't hear that. Can you repeat yourself? Especially when it comes to sex. You know, how did I give someone consent to do something without even knowing what it was? And then sit there and, you know, allow this whole thing to unfold where he's pulling out a jar of coconut oil from the nightstand and I'm just, what is he doing? And I said nothing the whole time because why did I think it was going to make him turned off and not want to sleep with me again or what? Like, I... I'm an adult. I have a voice. I can sit there and say, hey, I uh, hold on. What are you doing? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I think that like you're talking about so many important we've talked Mm -hmm. a lot about consent and will continue to because it's such an important part of good. It really is. My very, very, very close friend, Dr. Laura Rademacher, who um, has been on the (laughs) podcast many times. I miss you, Dr. Rademacher. Come back. She does this whole thing about consent. We did two different episodes on it. She's brilliant. The doc and her together are like, you know, the the best of the best, you know, coming in to explain all of these different aspects of consent that I had never thought about. And it's something that's not often talked about. And it goes obviously back to this aspect of, you know, learning and, and you know, sex education and all this sort of thing. So, you know, a lot of global consent issues because here's the thing. And and, the, and I'm just going to say this from my perspective as a cisgender male, I'm a little bit uh, frustrated that he may not have, you know, I'm not saying it's okay that you're both drunk and bad decisions and blah, blah, but if he wasn't really drinking and you were very intoxicated, that kind of adds a level of grumpiness for me there, Doc, that because... You know, is, yeah, I mean, that's that would be a major I mean, legally, it would be a major consent issue, right? right? Like mm-hmm. it is. There's a reason that the law protects that as a consent issue. And like, as you're talking about it, Nicole, right? Like, and I think that you're talking about experiences that a lot of folks have where it's sort of like, um, like, how did I allow that? Or how did I let that? And the reality is, is like, well, if you were inebriated, you were really allowing or letting anything, yeah. right? Like there's like certain limitations on that. And granted, it starts to get very complicated very fast, but it's pretty globally accepted that like if you have one person that, you know, is inebriated and another person that's not, like that there is absolute capacity to take advantage in one way, shape or form. And so like when I hear you like talking about it and thinking about it, like I say like, well, I don't. Like there's so many beyond just like alcohol and like the fact that that was involved. And obviously there's some more global consent issues. Like I also think that like it's so easy once we're in a situation like I'm thinking more as a psychologist, right? Like it's so easy once we're in a situation to just feel also even if you were stone cold sober, right, to feel some of those like pressures of pleasing other people, Mm -hmm. not wanting someone to be disappointed. Also, like this idea of like 
like, oh, like how deep down the rabbit hole to go as a psychologist here. But like when you think about the idea of like sexual empowerment, right? Like when people want to see themselves and like they are like, like, so it sounds like you kind of do and I'm I, not and please correct me if I'm way off base, but like, you know, had some like, yeah, like I like sex, like I'm sexually empowered. I'm part of pro- empowered person. I enjoy this. Am I understanding that Absolutely. part correctly? I, was, I mean, I was 21 and I was kind of in that scene where I had been sleeping around and doing the fun sex college life for a couple of years at that point. And I thought, I'm so good at this. And yeah, you felt yeah, very empowered. Yes, and... I was, I was felt very free and empowered. I spent the first few years in college in a relationship. So once I got out of that, it was like, fuck it, yeah, I'm gonna fuck everything that will fuck me. And, you know, and I'm gonna experience it all. And, you know, and and you seem to be, if I may say, you seem to be somebody who is still very sexually empowered. Now, obviously, you're here to talk about it. You're not Absolutely. afraid to have the conversation. So I, I gather, I mean, that you're somebody that is still very sexually empowered and very forward thinking in that or would be considered forward thinking as, you know, a sexually empowered person. Right. It's a very important thing. In my right. Life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but. But I also think that like with that, which is like it's an awesome place to be in. But with that also comes like self-expectation, mm-hmm. right? So like a lot of times if we see ourselves in a certain way or want, even want to be experiencing ourselves in a certain way, like it can also drive behavior, right? Like where it's like, well, I want to – I. I say yes to things, right? Like, you know, like, and a lot of times that's a part of set, like feeling, you know, like what we conceptualize as sexual empowerment. And in many ways, like in most ways, it's like, that's a fantastic place to be, but where there are hiccups, right? Or in these moments where you're used to being like, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And then it's like, no, what is that? You know? And so I think that there's also sort of a degree in which, and and this is the, the like part where it's like a rabbit hole as a psychologist, where our identities come into clash with the reality in front of us and it becomes confusing and a little overwhelming because it's like, oh, but I'm a person that kind of like tried stuff and says yes to stuff. And now I'm in a situation where I'm, and I'm talking about even if you were still, let's pretend you were sober, Mm -hmm. even if you were sober, that that can create dilemmas for people in moments. And did that make any sense? I'm sorry. Like I'm sitting here nodding very like, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, listen, I think I I really totally agree, doc, across the board here. Uh, And I mean, I don't, I often don't not agree with you, but uh, you know, we, when we when we were talking uh, in one of our episodes about consent, like one of the ones that I found really interesting was curious consent. You know, and Greg kind of brought it up. And we talked about that for quite a bit in our roundtable because curious consent is this idea that like I give consent. I'm curious about how this might go, you know, and at the end of the day, I may choose to not want to do this. And that's OK. Right. And. You know, mm-hmm. what frustrates me about this story and, you know, like I said, makes me grumpy just as a, you know, cisgender male. I just want to, you know, part of me wants to knock the guy upside the head. Like, what the hell were you doing, man? I mean, if she was drinking, you know, you don't do something like that. And you're sober. You should know better. And and I just want to be very clear. If somebody is sober and somebody is extremely intoxicated, like the doc said, it is wrong. And you can, you know, that is something that's the law prohibits. Well, it's a, it's, it's a, against it's the law. <laughs> You can go it's a, it's to a jail. It's, be very it's clear. not hot. It's not sexy to do something like that. And, and and we're not saying that in any way, shape, or form you were taken advantage of. But for other people who have been in a similar situation and felt taken advantage of, that is wrong. Period. Full stop. And I can say that. And I can't. You know, that's wrong. It's legal. You go to jail. The end. Mm-hmm. So... That really kind of frustrates me about that story. And, uh, you know, and also being an anal Sherpa that, you know, you uh, you start. I mean, first of all, you could have so many more anal adventures with a partner if you just started a little slow. If you just were like, hey, you down? You want to try this? Yeah, I could try it. Look at it. If you don't want it, we can stop. If you don't want it, we don't have to go. Because then you're building trust. You're building the bridge to anal paradise is what I like to say. Well, 
I think that anal is one of those things also that like suffers a bit from like a scarcity model. What I mean by that is a lot of times anal is something that people are a little nervous to ask for or bring up because they um, expect to get no's more often than yeses. So sometimes when people get a yes, they get a little over eager, right? And they're like, I better, I better do this now before a person changes their mind, which when you think about it is sort of messed up, right? You like, (laughs) like you wouldn't want to create space to allow someone to change their mind. That's like not the spirit of sex that (laughs) I would, I wouldn't that I would endorse, right. like take your time just because someone says no now doesn't mean, or I don't know now doesn't mean they won't say yes later, or you can't find other fun things to do. That's an aside. But like when things feel scarce, right? It's kind of like, I, I kind of take it akin to like when someone like agrees to a three way and then someone's desperately on Tinder, like who tonight will come, who will come to the house? Let's like <laughs> before somebody says no, like get here now, you know, and they're flagging people down in the street yeah. because they're anybody, like, anybody Shit. before the, before we lose our nerve. <laughs> right. And I feel like sometimes that happens with anal and as a result, and I'm not saying that's everybody's experience by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like it's a trend. And what that does is it causes like, cause what you're all describing Jeremiah requires patience, yes. right? But if somebody feels like something is scarce, let's say somebody's like worried that food at a buffet is scarce they're going to just like be less discerning and jump in and be more sort of like greedy and intense about it because that's what sort of psychologically that that experience of scarcity does to us as humans and i and i think a little bit there is some sexual like play, especially if there's something somebody really enjoys and they're worried someone's going to say no, it can create a little bit of that impatience. Yes. That's why we say that I'm an animal Sherpa because it's namaste. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to <laughs> take it easy. You got to have patience, right? And little patience. Ah, with is your, that your animal Axel play. Rose? Yes, it was an Axel Rose. Well done. Well done, you, Doc, and well done, me, for doing such an incredible impression. Anyway, it's really, it's hard. You know, when you have so many different facets of talent, like I do, Nicole, that when (laughs) you are working on something like this, people don't see it all, you know, but you're here in the studio. You are literally basking in the glow of my unabashed talent. So I'm going to dial it back a little right now for you. Um, I feel so honored. Oh, do you see how that I that I felt that was yeah. Uh, thank you. I really. I mean, I, 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 thank you, Jeremiah. If we're done with that, um, <laughs> I did have one other thing that I uh, wanted to just also say and, and just ask you about. Like, I also think that some people are more experiential learners, right? Where like that's part of how they learn, like what they like and what they don't like. And I don't. Do you feel like any of that had played a yeah, I see you nodding. Oh what, what would you? <laughs> um, I mean, like, like I said, I went five years after that without letting anyone near me in that area. But before that, I had had a couple experiences with anal penetration and play that had been not amazing, but not downright terrible. Um, and even like I've I've had people come to me and say, you know, who I've people who I've been with for months or years and say, hey, I'd like to approach this and been like, eh, absolutely not. Right. Don't come near that area. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I allowed myself to open up to that experience again with um, just someone that I knew that would you know, approach it comfortably um, and in a respectful manner. Yeah, absolutely. And I had that pleasurable experience. Now I'm like, you know what? I've been missing out on something, you know, I'm like, fuck Mm -hmm. that guy. Right. For making you not want to do it for so long because he, he, he tr- you know, he treated you yeah. poorly in that moment. And that and that's the thing. Again, it's a big pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. because it will do. I mean, and that's with anybody, you know, cisgender males, cisgender women, uh, queer couple. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like if you do something like that and you hurt somebody, it can have long lasting effects. Would you agree with that, Doc? Yeah. I mean, I think like. 
like there's a lot of things about like that experience that you describe that like first it's just that there's that emotional layer of being like that like emotionally didn't it sounds like it just didn't feel good right like not like literally it sounds like it also didn't feel good like physically it didn't feel good but also just emotionally it didn't sound like it felt like a very safe satisfying experience experience in that way definitely sat with myself for a couple days or weeks and like reevaluated how I approached my relationships sexually especially with um like the hookup culture that I was in being in a college town being in the bar scene you know I was sleeping around and I was you know and I realized I wasn't communicating with people the way I should have been about you know, anything, you know, anything. And I, I had been doing this for years and I thought I'm so great at this. You know, I'm great at just being that one night or like, you know, this person that you sleep with every once in a while, but you don't have to care about or have feelings for. And then all of a sudden I was like, there's still an aspect of it that you really, you need to be open. You need to be more open almost. On a communication level, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and say this is what I like. This is what I don't like. If you're going to do this, I need you to do this. And, you know, and yeah, it's not it's not not sexy to be that way. It's actually more sexy because then, you know, you have more fun because, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, what you're freaking doing. Right. Well, and I think that the hard part, too, is that because so many of us learn experientially, like it's hard to just know that stuff like off the bat without like having some experiences that were like, what the hell just happened? Like, how how did that happen? Like, what the hell just happened? You Mm -hmm. know, especially experiences where people like were like, I felt like I was really in control of that situation. And those are often the ones that are real, like, this is not a clinical phrase, but real mind fucks mm-hmm. for people <laughs> where they're like, I felt like I understood what that situation was. And then there was a shift in the dynamic where all of a sudden now I re- it really made me question mm-hmm. stuff in a very real yeah. way. And I don't know if I'm understanding it correctly, but it sounds no, like maybe that was that's exactly what it was. And, you know, and then I look back and I'm like, well, what other situations in the past that I've been in did something like similar happen where maybe I just didn't get what was going on. I just kind of let it ride. And maybe it was someone crossing a boundary for me and me just letting it happen because I thought, well, they got what they wanted out of it. They got their enjoyment out of it. And And I'm a rock star and I do what I want. Great chick that like, you can just do whatever with. And you know, that I'm fun, you right. know, but I don't always have to be the person that's always down for everything. <laughs> that's exactly. Well, listen, I totally well, agree. And and I- right. Oh, go for it, Jeremiah. Sorry. No, go, please. Go ahead, Doc. Oh, I was going to say, like, and I think that that, like, when you think about that idea of sexual empowerment, I think that a lot of folks have really evolving senses of what that means, right? Because I think that when we're younger, like, sexual empowerment sometimes means that, like, yes to everything, yep. right? Or, like, like I'm down to whatever, you know? And then I think that as people age and kind of gather and gain some experiences, and unfortunately for many of us, some not so great straight up could have been better, right? Experiences that we really, um, or, you know, also for some traumatizing, right? Uh, we start to maybe redefine what sexual empowerment actually means to us. And sometimes it does mean more slowing down. Sometimes it does mean more saying no and having limits and having boundaries and still finding a way to define fun within that, right? Like, and that's sort of the challenge for a lot of us as we move through sexual development across the lifespan. Well, I totally agree with all of those things. And I, as we wrap up here, would just like to say, I am so glad that you had uh, happier anal experiences. I'm happy to know that you are going to be looking to the future of your new anal experiences. And I would also like to thank you for coming on the University of Pleasure and telling a difficult story and letting the doc, you know, really kind of talk about these because these are very common things. I hear stories like this all the time, just like through friends, you know, my friends telling me stories of things like, well, that was just, oh man, it was brutal, you know? And so like to have you come on and, and be so open with us, very grateful because hopefully this episode helps so many others that are out there looking into 
you know, possibly trying new things and figuring out those boundaries, figuring out what empowerment really means to them. And, uh, you know, those folks out there, as we were saying before, remember, if somebody is drunk or intoxicated, they cannot make decisions. It is against the law, period. Uh, and if anybody has ever had a difficult situation like that or faced one of those situations, please talk to somebody about it. Please talk to somebody like the doc who can uh, help you navigate the difficulties that may have come from a situation that way. Would you agree with that, Doc? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really, you know, obviously like consent is a dialogue, but, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the complexities of consent, but there are certain things that aren't that complicated. Yeah. This is right? one of the very, this is one of the few things that is not complicated. So, well, yeah, I mean, like if, if I definitely think like harm is um, in the eye of the beholder, right? Like if you are the eye of the experiencer, not the beholder, right? The experiencer. So if you feel like you experienced harm, right, like that gets to be real and you get to start to talk and think about what felt harmful about that. And in some cases, it might have been an issue of consent. And there's, you know, everybody is different in terms of how they want to deal with that and how they want to manage that, which is why I agree with you, Jeremiah, getting some help and talking to folks. And and unfortunately, there are many others that can often and have been through these experiences, but getting support and, and guidance from others can often help people figure out what they want to do. Absolutely. So listen, I would like to say one more time, thank you, thank you, thank you, Nicole, for coming in and visiting with us here at the University of Pleasure in the University of Pleasure Sound Studio. Of course, I would like to thank Doc, as always, for everything that you do for so many. You are such a rock star, and I'm grateful to know you. And uh, if anybody out there would like to go to Micro Wrestling with me, please send me a DM, and I'm more than happy to uh, give you the information because it's going to be such an amazing night, Doc. I can't even tell you some of the best wrestlers in the world micro wrestling so thank you again to both of you we hope you are all safe and healthy and uh, take care of yourselves and each other and be kind to each other and we'll talk to you again next week bye thank you nicole thank you i was trying to say goodbye you just jumped all over my, my yeah. <laughs> i didn't say thank you it was impolite i needed to say thank you before we okay. ended okay uh, thank you nicole i don't have a problem being impolite to you but i don't want to be impolite to our guests okay this is how we wrap it up Thanks, Nicole. <laughs> Bye, Doc. <Thank> you. <laughs> Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.